Come on, everybody. Uh, my name is John. I'm a leader here at TBOC. Um, I'm a fourth year PhD student in aerospace engineering. Uh, before this, I worked at NASA for a few years as an engineer. Um, just recently got married. Just recently <laughs> turned recently turned 30. So, yeah. No great. Bullheaded hair, you see that guy? Just saying. Huh? Anyways. Uh, yeah, so, you know, like, like Josh said, every, every T-Bach we have an opportunity to share the gospel, so make sure you bring your friends. Um, you know, we've had Josh, uh, Devin, and Naomi give, uh, you know, their versions of it so far, so today is my spin on preaching the gospel, and if you know me, you probably know how this is going to go. I'm going to I'm going to testify. So I'm going to share a lot of my testimony. I'm going to walk you through practically, not practically, but in the reality what the gospel looks like, like in reality irrespective of me, but also show you what that looked like manifested in my own life. Um, because hopefully, you know, I don't know. Is, is every, has everyone here heard the gospel before? How about has anyone not heard like the, the the gospel message, so so let's make sure we invite someone to print. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, I was kind of hoping at least one person raised their hand. But we'll just you know reaffirm what you know. Hopefully, what did um, I think C.S. Lewis said? Like we need to heat. We need to um, we need to remember more than we. What was, then we need to be taught something like that. So it's like sometimes we just need to re remember what we already know more than we need to be taught something new. So anyways, let me just kind of, well, I, I didn't make it up. <laughs> tell C.S. Well, he's dead, but he's a Christian, so you, you can tell him in heaven, you know, so you can't tell me. Huh? That was God. God gave me that too, so you know. I'm just kidding. Uh, so anyway, so obviously you can't really preach the gospel without going back to the beginning, right? The beginning of time, which starts with the Creator. Um, because, you know, we can talk about Jesus dying on the cross. And you can kind of tell people that Jesus died, did die for your sins. And you might not even know what that means, why that's important, what that does for you. Um, and so, you know, if we go back to the beginning, there was a Creator, right? There was God the Trinity, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all, you know, abiding in perfect unity with one another. And they create the earth, and they create human beings in their, in their image. And this is, we're the only creation like that, so we're obviously special. And he puts them in the garden, and he's able to dwell with them in perfect unity. The Bible talks about how they, they walked with him in the cool of the day. There was no separation between God and man. It was perfect unity. And, you know, as things are, you know, to really test people, to see where people's hearts are, there's always that, that temptation, you know. Because it's easy to love if you got no other option but to love. But to give somebody an option really shows where people's hearts are. So God put one tree in the garden, just one. I don't know how big the Garden of Eden was, but there was just only one tree. But that was enough to tempt them. And obviously we know the devil came and deceived uh, Eve, she ate of the apple, she shared it with Adam. And if you remember what God said, surely if you eat of this tree, you will die. Right? But we know the story. Adam lived like 900 years. 
But he was, he was never supposed to die. He was never even supposed to taste death. And then even more importantly, he tasted spiritual death. His spirit began to die. And so sin is this virus, right? A lot of times, I mean, in my personal opinion, the world doesn't really have a good reason for why there are bad things going on in this world. But for me, Christianity has one of the best explanations for why we see the evil things we see in this world. It's sin. It's the fallen nature. It's the fallen creation, right? And so it's like, it's literally a virus to the point where it changed his DNA because the Bible says that we are born in sin because we were of Adam. It literally corrupted his DNA. And so that's why Jesus, I'm, I'm going to hit myself. <laughs> but um, so we understand that sin, the Bible says the wages of sin are death. So Adam began to die. Creation began to die. The earth began to die. And so... You know, for me, a lot of times we focus on, like, the gospel in terms of going to heaven, right? We all want to go to heaven. No one wants to go to hell. But in reality, I think the greatest tra tragedy of sin is that we were separated from God, right? They went from being able to dwell with him in perfect unity. There's, it's just, he's right there. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to go say, you know, like, I'm going to get ahead of myself again here. But they could dwell with him in perfect unity. The sin separated them. And so you look at the Old Testament, and there's this old covenant, right, that God makes with Abraham. And so they do these things, they do these rituals to try to cleanse and purify their sins because sin is this issue, right? It's this problem with humanity, with the whole world. Um, and literally there's only one person, the high priest, once a year, has to go through this, this crazy like ritual and... Um, then he can go in the Holy of Holies and he can dwell with God in God's presence. And if he doesn't do it right, like he could literally die because that's one of the reasons why God had to separate us. God is so holy, he cannot be in sin. He is literally other. Like he is, like a lot of people try to say, oh, if I was God or God should do this or that. You are not like God. God is not like us. He is so different. Like he is not just some man on a on a throne the bible says he looks like like sardis stone like what does that even mean like you can't even fathom whatever you think god is you're wrong like it's it literally you're i don't even think our brains could even in in our mortal flesh our brains cannot comprehend his greatness like like there's always like i'm a, I'm a scientist right so everyone knows what a three-dimensional cube is try to imagine a cube in four dimensions you just can't do it it's like if you were a stick figure you're on a piece of paper, you couldn't imagine what the third dimension looked like. You just know what a box was, right? A little square, but you wouldn't know what a cube looks like. And so it's like, your brain just can't comprehend it. But anyways, so then, you know, you get these prophets that start to pro prophesy the coming of this Messiah, this new covenant. That's because, you know, rams and goats, they couldn't do it. They, they couldn't cleanse the, the, their, their souls. The Bible even talks about how one of the prophets, I can't remember which one, had a, had a vision of one of the priests going into the Holy of Holies. And he did this whole like week-long consecration. He stayed away from stuff. So in, in, in our terms, he was as holy as he possibly could be. But from God's perspective, he still looked like he was covered in rags and filth. Because it's just like we can never do it on our own. We're never going to be holy enough, right? So I'm going to read probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Well, a little section of the Bible, which is Jeremiah 31, 31, which talks about this new covenant. It says, 
Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in that day, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. And I will, and this is obviously the most important part, I will forgive their iniquities and their sins I will remember no more. So that's probably like one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, right? And it's, and you know, we have Isaiah 2 that talks about this Messiah that's going to come. You know, we, we can, we see, literally, if you study the Old Testament, you can see that Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. And so we come to the man Jesus, the mystery of Jesus, fully God, fully man. What a mystery that is, right? Born of a virgin, because as I mentioned, because of Adam, there's that sin nature in our in the DNA, from human to human. So he couldn't even he if he was truly going to be what he needed to be the Messiah, he had to be born outside of that that lineage. And so he walked on the earth. He lived that perfect life that we were all supposed to live, that God desired for us to live. And you know he, the Bible says, no greater love is there then for you to lay your life down for your brothers. And that's what he did for us. He was the example. He went and he died on the cross. And the cross is where mercy and judgment meet for us. Because, because of sin, there has to be a judgment. Because honestly, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. If, if, if we just let rapists and stuff go on, like in the net, like we would, we'd be so mad. We get mad when they don't get caught and they don't go to jail. Like there's, there's a, a sense of justice in each one of us. How much more justice is there in Him if we're creating His image, right? So, so sin, evil do, evil deeds have to be punished. But the mercy aspect was that God didn't want to punish us for it. He punished Himself. He, His Son, died on the cross for us. And as I said, mercy and judgment at the same time. He didn't, he didn't put down his judgment or his mercy. He took both of them on Jesus. And he cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, probably one of the most difficult things Jesus had to endure was the reproach of his name. The fact that he had to bear sin. He was the Father's beloved. He was without sin. Like... We think it's bad when someone talks bad about us. We're imperfect. What about Jesus? He did nothing wrong. And they spat on him. They, they, they beat him. They cursed him. And they, they died for us. And the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I like to say, well, I was an enemy. Well, I hated God. He died for me. And so he died on the cross. And the coolest thing is that the Bible talks about how and sometimes, you know, when I was a younger believer, like some of these things would miss me, but the veil was torn. And that leads us back to that Holy of Holies. That means anybody has access to the Father now. It's restored. It's full circle. It's back to the garden. It's back to the garden. Now there is no rams and goats. There is no high priest. Jesus is the high priest now. We go boldly before the throne. That's what Hebrews talks to us about. So we go boldly before the throne of grace. We literally can have that 
Eden moment with the Lord. Now, obviously, because of sin in our lives and because we're, you know, we get distracted, like we, we experience varying levels of it, but it's all there for us now. And that's the amazing thing. That's why we go from glory to glory. That's why we strive after the Lord. That's why we go towards Him to get deeper and deeper with Him. And so, like I said, you know, this new covenant, it, it requires something of us. A lot of people, you know, it's my ruffle feathers, but not everybody is born a child of God. We are all His creation. We are not all children of God. You become a child when you become adopted. The only way for you to be adopted is to do what the Bible says, which is to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. That means, literally, one of the first things Jesus did when he came out from his time of fasting to start his ministry, he said, repent. You must repent, which means to turn from your sins. Not to just, oh, I'm sorry I did this. I'm probably going to do it again tomorrow. But truly have that, that life change. Right? Does that mean you don't stumble? No, of course you stumble. I stumble. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times but gets up. Where is your heart looking at, though, right? Is it gazing at him? You know, look at Peter. He was able to walk on the water when he looked at Jesus. But the second he took his eyes off him, he stumbled, right? He fell into the water. But So that's, you know, and it's really summed up in Romans 10, 8, 10 9, sorry, which says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you put your faith in him, that you will be saved. And that's, that's the, the aspect on us where we have to put our faith in him. Uh, Ray Comfort, who does a lot of evangelism, he always says, you don't want to just jump, you don't jump out of an airplane and flap your arms around and hope that's going to save you. You, you trust the parachute. You use the parachute. You can't, you can't just have it on your back. You have to actually use it or you won't be saved. And so, like I said, we get to go to heaven by this faith in Christ. The Bible says that eternal life is to know him. So, in reality, you, you could have experienced heaven on earth beforehand. But, but none of this is possible without what Jesus did to reconcile us back to God, to cleanse us of our sins, right? The Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, that's what that's where your sins go. You know, again, I'm a scientist. That don't make no sense. That means like it's like infinite. It's gone. <laughs> you can't. It's as far as you know. So, so, so just a quick little like diversion into like what is what is that looking look like in somebody's life like when they experience the gospel. So for me. A short little, because my testimony can get long, long. So I'm going to keep it like five minutes. Okay. So I was born in a small town called Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, I like to call it where dreams go to die. Because it is, it's a, it's, it's a place you're born in. It's not a place you go to. It's a place you try to get out of. And so I pretty much experienced trauma and abuse like from the get-go. Like as early as four and five years old. Four and five years old. I would find my dad's crack pipes. My dad would go disappearing for weeks on end. I would see his picture mugshot in the newspaper. And so I, I basically I basically had no dad growing up. And then my mom and dad both remarried. Um, it's like my dad, so it's like one of those things where it's like my dad was like physically there, but he was never like emotionally there. Like, it just, just anyway, he was just like this drunk dude, you know, that I had to go see on the weekends, right? And so my, my, my mom married an abusive man after him. My dad my uh, dad married an abusive woman after that. I basically verbally abused me and my sister. My stepdad physically abused us until I, I had a scrap, man. I, I hit him. I was like, this dude was trying to push me down the stairs. And so all of that led to like 
me being angry all the time. I was so angry. I would fight anybody at school. Like I would hit people in the middle of class. I would get suspended on a regular basis, 10 days, like on, a, on the regular. The only thing that saved me is they pulled me in the office and said, you got the highest grade on these tests, but you're, but you're always getting in fights. Like what's going on, right? And so I experienced just a lot of anger. Um, and then also like, so I, as I, I sound pretty old, so we used to have this thing called AIM Chat. I doubt any of you guys know what AIM Chat is. We had AOL. You had to tell your mom to get off the phone so you can get on the internet. And I'd come home every night and I'd hop on AIM Chat, talk to my, my friends in a little instant messenger because we didn't have Facebook. We had MySpace, like just started. And so it's like middle school. And my friends sent me all these naked pictures of these girls. And I was like, hold up now. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get this? He's like, Russ on the internet. And that began like a 10 plus year addiction to pornography. So I'm bound in anger. I'm fighting. I'm cussing teachers out. I'm getting sent out. I'm getting suspended on a regular basis. I'm addicted to porn. I have hatred in my heart. I cannot forgive anybody in my life. All I want to do is get out of this town, my, my hometown. So eventually in high school, most of this stuff was still going on, but I took my grades a little more seriously just so I could get out. And so when I went to my, my school, uh, my undergrad in Florida, I started just, I basically just failed everything. Like I was failing all my classes. I was really struggling. And it's like, it got to the point where I was doing so much bad stuff, like hurting so many people and just doing so much wrong. I literally could feel the weight of my sins. Like I grew up in church, but it's like, I never surrendered. You know, I knew who Jesus was. Is I would read the Bible every once in a while, but I didn't. I didn't fully surrender my life to Him. And so, like, I mean, I was so bound in this stuff that like I would not hang out with people so I could stay home and watch porn because I was like, at least if they go out, then I got the room to myself. You know, like if I was more successful with women, I would have slept with a lot more women too. Like I, I was anything you could imagine, except for drugs and alcohol. Who knows? I have no idea why I never got into it. I think it's just because of my dad and seeing that in my dad, I just didn't even want to go down that. But everything else, lots of shenanigans. We used to shoot, we used to shoot people's paintball guns. We used to hide on roofs and shoot people's cars with paintball guns. And I grew up in the hood. I'm not joking. So we would, what's going on back there? Did you have a bet? It's part of the testimony, man. Jackson just loved that. Jackson's from the suburbs, though, so, you know, so it's like, he ain't got that. I'm just kidding. But anyways, so it's like, I'm just trying to paint this picture of somebody who was literally totally depraved. Literally like the Bible says in Ephesians 2, I was under the, the course and the, and the power of the principality, right, of the, of the enemy. Like, I could, I literally could not do right if I wanted to do right. I couldn't. And I was in church one time. And this was like December 2011. This was like after my first freshman semester. And I, I just got obliterated. I had an encounter with the Lord because I was just crying out because the Bible talks, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible where David says, teach me to do your will. Your will is good. I wanted, to, I wanted to do good, and I just couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. 
And so I, because because even even though I was still bound in that, there was something in me that did want to please God, right? I just couldn't do it. I could not do it in my own strength. I could not do it in my own power. And so, you know, I surrendered my life to the Lord that Sunday. And I had one of those, like, I'm not trying to challenge other people's salvation stories, but I had one of those where people were like, immediately like, what's going on with you? Like you could, this is a crime, but Facebook Messenger saves like all of your messages. I have messages in there from like 2009. They're bad. <laughs> they're, they're bad. And literally, like, the day after, I could already see I stopped cussing. Like, I stopped trying to, like, chase, you know, women. I immediately was, like, delivered. So the, the, the story is, I mean, I was delivered of, like, pornography addiction. I would still, I still fell for many years after that. So, like I said, a righteous man gets up. And eventually, by God's grace, that is now no longer part of my portion. So... Um, and now I'm married, and by God's grace, God dealt with that before I even got into that into marriage, because you know that can be very, very bad. Um, that can ruin people's marriages all the time, right? So I'm grateful to God to deliver me of that. And so I share that testimony with you because you know He supernaturally met me, He saved me, He's been faithful. I've been walking with the Lord for 11 years now, and He's been faithful and. What I would like to say to you guys is that it doesn't get easier when you get saved. It's not like everything just stops. I, this, is, this is the stuff that I can't get into tonight, but I was, I was unable to walk on multiple occasions. Like, I've had miracles in my life, but I've also had trauma in my life. You know, at, 20, at 25 years old, I was told I was never going to play sports again. Right? This is post-salvation. But being able to walk with the Savior through that, kept me from honestly killing myself. So this Savior, this Jesus is real. I pray everyone in here knows him. If you don't, you got to know him. It's what this is all about. Like, like Devin, Devin quoted it, Psalms 27.4, right? There's one thing I desire, and that which I would seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I might have had that last part out of order, but that's all right. But, so, God is good, and, you know, everybody said they've heard the gospel before. I don't know if everyone's answered it in their own life, so definitely, if you want to have, you know, that transformation in your life, the Bible says the renewing of your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you know, to, 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 to experience the goodness of God, in the land of the living, have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. That at the end of the age, the creator of the universe will look you in your face and say, welcome in. And you dwell with him forevermore, the Bible says. There are no more tears. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. You know, you get to see your loved ones. My grandma who prayed for me, that's the only reason I'm here for you today. Because it don't make any sense. Because I tried to do everything to, to not be where I'm at today. And so, like I mentioned, God is just... I've probably gone a little too long. I don't know. Let's see. No, Naomi did 25 minutes long. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just going to... I'm going to stop it there. But I hope that was encouraging. I hope that... Yeah, I'm going to... 
But I hope that, uh, like that quote, you know, we remember the gospel because sometimes, even if we are saved, you know, we take it for granted what, what he did for us. And the Bible says that we were, it was a great price that was paid for us. Great price. The ultimate price, really. It's like, it's like why, he could have paid $5. He, why did he pay 10 Right? Like, he, he emptied the pockets. He, I mean, he's God. He could, have, he could have made the way in which to save us anything. He's God. Why would he, why would he, that's such a mystery to me that he would, he would, he would do the greatest gesture of self-sacrifice and love I have ever come to know about to save me. And you, and all of us. But, so I'm just going to pray, and, you know, if you want to come to the, come up here, we have people that can pray for you. Um, You know, if you feel like, you know, maybe you have heard the gospel, and you feel like you need to re, you know, commit your life to the Lord. Like that's definitely something we can pray for you about. If you've never, you know, hallelujah, you know, we will pray for you. And, you know, you can be adopted into this family, you know. Um, and so I'm just going to pray. Um, so Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you for what you've done, God, for us. We thank you, God, that you did what no one else could do. The Bible talks about how they searched all over the earth. They could find none worthy. You are the only one worthy. You are the only one worthy. You're the only one that could have done this and you did it. You stepped up and you did it for us. And we're grateful for that because you said that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. And I'm grateful that I was what you were thinking about when you were on the cross that that like John 17, you said that, we, that you wanted us to be one in you. And so when you were on that cross, Lord, that joy, the joy that was set before you was me being reconciled back to you again. The Bible says that God is not slow as some consider slowness, but desiring that all would come to repentance. So if you have sins to repent of, if you have a lifestyle that God is, that you just feel that tug on your heart to come out of, just come out of that right now. You don't have to live like I was, bound in sin, drowning in my own destruction, drowning in my own just disgusting ways, things that I, 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 I am so ashamed of that I did for years. And He turned my beauty, He turned my ashes into beauty. He turned my mess into a masterpiece. He took someone from my situation and gave me peace and joy and salvation. In addition, a beautiful wife. An opportunity to work at my dream. He did so much for me. But if, but if he never does anything else for me, him dying on the cross was, is always going to be enough. If I lose everything, like Paul said, he considered it all rubbish. Everything is garbage compared to knowing Christ and the excellency of what he did for us. So I just urge you, I plead with you, I charge you that if, if, if your salvation and your relationship with God is not in a good place and you're worried, there's no need to worry anymore. You can come up here and get prayer. And you know, we can even pray right now that if everybody in here is saved, which hallelujah, that would be great. There's, 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 there's levels And God wants to pour out His Spirit on you. And so if you 
have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we can pray for that as well. That you would be filled with the Spirit. The disciples walked with Jesus for many years. But it wasn't until that mighty rushing wind came in Acts afterwards where they were they had the cloven tongues of fire. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They went out. The Bible says that, sh- that Peter's shadow was casting out demons. That was the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And they began to speak in tongues, which the Bible says is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. So if you're desiring these gifts from God to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just come forward to one of our prayer leaders here and receive that gift. Receive salvation. Receive healing. Receive a new life. A new name. The old man, he's dead. And the Bible says that the same same spirit that that raised Christ from the dead can be alive in you as it is in me. And then people will begin to talk about how different you are. And then you'll begin to preach the gospel to them. And then this message, this good news can spread all over the world like like an antidote for that virus. That was spread thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. But God, I just ask that you would just convict the hearts, God. Even just right now, begin to pray for yourself and say, search me, O God. Search me, O God. There might be hidden sins. There might be things that, that you haven't thought about that you're trying to push down, but... God wants to put his finger on those things and it might be painful, but I learned from many surgeries that it takes pain sometimes to be healed. They had to cut me up to heal me so I could walk again. And the same thing is with God. Sometimes he has to crush you to heal you. He has to empty you to fill you. Emptying is not always fun. So, Lord, right now we ask that you would just empty us of everything except you. And that you would just fill us till we overflow. God, that everywhere we go on campus, God, that there would be an outpouring of your spirit. Just by the very nature of us being overflowing. So, Lord, right now I just, I thank you for the kindness to listen to my gospel presentation. I hope that it was encouraging, Lord. I hope that it stirred our hearts and cause us to love you more and we just seal all this in jesus name amen